Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Well, good morning, church. It's so great to see you again online and house churches. So great to be with you. Uh, we have a, a very special day today. I am super excited to have my dad and we're going to talk through stuff uh, today in our, in our part of the series. And I'm also excited that it's not on Zoom, but we're actually in the same room, which That's is funny. really cool. Yeah. Miracles do happen. It's, do. It's, it's quite amazing. And today we're actually going to go back into the Lord's Prayer. And what we're going to do today is we're going to spend some time looking at how Jesus not only taught us uh, and gave us a beautiful model of prayer, but how he showed us in the prayer and how he uses it um, as an application for life and how we're supposed to live kingdom-minded in all wrapped up in in the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to go through some of that today um, and and talk through it. And Dad's going to be here to kind of walk us through the book of Matthew, actually, and how all of that ties up into the Lord's Prayer, what Jesus was trying to do. Um, But I'm going to start by just reading the Lord's Prayer, just to give you context for the passage of Scripture that we're going to be looking at. And then Dad's going to share some thoughts and kind of take us through some of this time as we look at prayer. So... Again, we're going back through the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to be taking just a different perspective of it today. So I'm hoping that you're, you have your Bible, you have something to take notes with, and you're ready to just dig into God's Word this morning uh, and see what He has to say with us. But uh, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, verse 9. I'm going to read this here. It's out of uh, the CSB translation. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So dad, walk through this with us. I know there's a lot in here and and like anything, Jesus doesn't just throw something out and there's a lot to it. So maybe walk through this, give us some thoughts on it. Let's let's just go through the book and build a sequence so you can get an understanding Mm -hmm. of it. Chapter one of Matthew, this is where we start. It starts with, and this is how your whole New Testament starts. It starts with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And you can sit there and say, why do we start with a boring genealogy? <laughs> so-and-so begat, so-and-so, and so-and-so gave birth to us. Well, Be we, honest, how many of you skip over that part when <laughs> you're reading, reading the Gospels? <laughs> That's exactly right. Oh, this is in our reading plan today. Okay. <laughs> right, it's going to be quick. <laughs> but see, the reason for a genealogy was not just to give you a list of names. The reason for a genealogy was to connect people together that were important. Mm. And in this genealogy, the two people that are being connected is Jesus, because that's how it starts. It's a genealogy of Jesus Christ and David, who is the king in Israel. Mm. So by connecting Jesus with David makes Jesus part of the royal family. He's mm. got royal blood. He is a king. Mm. And so the genealogy is to prove his kingship. Mm. And you see it come in. Then you go into chapter 2. And chapter 2 is the you know, nativity story and the wise men come in. What do the wise men say? Where is he who is born wow. king? 
Yeah. They're looking for a king, and they're not even Jewish. <laughs> but they're looking for this king and says, oh, we've been following his star for five months, and, and we come to find this king, you know. And Herod's sitting there, I'm the king. <laughs> Who's the king? He's talking about that. It's really bothering me right now. So, so then you see the birth of the king. So you get the genealogy of the king, you got the birth of the king, and then in chapter 3, John the Baptist comes along, who's Jesus' cousin, and John's message is this. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs> he's starting to preach the kingdom. He's not the king. He's mm -hmm. just preparing the way for mm -hmm. the king. Mm -hmm. And so he's going out and getting ready. And then one day he's preaching the kingdom and up walks the king. And he says, the Lamb of there God is. is going to take away the sins. Wow. No. The temptation of Jesus immediately precedes the Sermon on the Mountain. <laughs> and people treat him as separate events, but mm. they're not. Because once Jesus is declared to be the Son of God, and he comes now out of the water of baptism, the Father's recognized him, now he's going to be tempted. And what he's going to be tempted by is things that you and I in the kingdom of God are going to be tempted by. Wow. Because he's a son of God, and what he faces is going to be similar to what you and I as mm -hmm. sons and daughters of God are going to face mm -hmm. too. So why does the Bible record the temptations of Jesus? To show us how we handle it mm. when we get there. And so he goes out into the wilderness and, he, and the, the enemy comes and says, if you're the son of God, he immediately addresses his relationship with God. Mm. If you're a son, then do this. Mm. And he tempts him in three very distinct areas. And I'll call, you, I'll call them these. These are the temptations of the kingdom. Mm. These are things that the enemy will try to get us to do mm. to violate our relationship to the kingdom of God, wow. and how I know that is how they conclude. Because now he goes to the first one, and just remember him in order. The first one is, you're hungry, you've been fasting 40 days and 40 nights, so turn the stones into bread. So there's something about the temptations that has to do with your daily food, right. bread. Oof. Keep that in mind. Remember that one. Remember that. So <laughs> then he takes him to the temple, and he takes him up on the temple. Can I say this? <laughs> the second temptation of the devil will come by taking you to church. Hmm. And he will tempt you by things in church, the house of God. Hmm. The temptation is not just out here somewhere. Hmm. The devil comes to church. He'll take you to the temple and say, do this, do this, do this. Wow. wow. So it's very clear to see, you know, this is where this is where the enemy can come and he tries to tempt us to disunify within the church with each other and with the kingdom of God. And it comes across in little things. It comes across in back talking. It comes across in, in, in or rather talking behind backs. It comes across in, in gossip. It comes across in, in things where we think that we have something, uh, we have something figured out way better than any is like somebody else. And so the devil strives to start to use little seeds of pride that cause us to have dissension within the church. And the temptation is real. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but in this season we're in, Man, that is just amplified. Yeah. If I look at the fact, you know, just, just even the natural fact that we're not meeting in the same building, yeah. man, it is a playground for the enemy. Oh, he just played. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, little yeah. things. You probably experienced this where he comes and he just, he sows little things in there to get you um, disunified and get you upset and have little irritations with each other and irritations with leadership sometimes. And he just weaves all this in. And I find it really interesting. And I, I think it's so good what you said. The temptation is for us to get our eyes off of the kingdom 
and get our eyes on us and how we translate everything rather than saying, no, the kingdom of heaven is going to stand supreme even in our church. Look at the temptation itself. When Satan takes Jesus up to the pinnacle of the temple, he says this, jump off. Hmm. He says, because the Father in heaven, he will send angels now to protect right. you. And so the temptation is, you're so important that God's going to send all these guys down, mm. and you can be as reckless as you want or do whatever you want because you're so important. Mm. And that sin of self-importance yeah. is what divides people. Right, wow. And you wow. find that the thing that holds the church together is the attitude of servanthood because even his disciples, you know, they, they were always arguing, who's, <laughs> who's the best? The who's the best? <laughs> so Jesus would bring in a child, and he yeah. says, this is what's great right. in the kingdom of God. And this just demonstrates the, the differences between values in the kingdom of, the, of God mm. versus the things that are important to us. Mm. And self-importance, I mean, my rights, what I want to do, I mean, just look at the news today. And what you can tell what's the most important in people's life. Right. Me, my rights, my, yeah. rather than, and let's go to the Sermon on the mm. Mount. Let's read the very first words in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Wow. Blessed are the people who don't think too highly of themselves. Why? Because theirs is the kingdom. Yeah, wow. It goes down to the end. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted. They're picked on. <laughs> Why? Because theirs is the kingdom. Yeah, so right after good. that, he says, the kingdom belongs to people who don't demand and scream. The kingdom belongs to people who are poor in spirit, yeah. the people who are picked on, and yet they maintain faithfulness yeah. to God. Yeah. So that's, that's what kingdom people are all about. Mm. Then he takes him up to a mountain, and a tall mountain, and guess what he does? He shows him the kingdoms of the world. Now, this is a key point, because we're talking kingdom of heaven. And so the Satan is tempting him now to either make a choice. Are you going to live for the kingdom of God, or are you going to be attracted to the kingdoms of the world? Mm -hmm. And Jesus says this. He says, I am here to worship and serve God alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to fall prey to that kingdom, because this is the kingdom I'm living for. Mm -hmm. And so he, he ends it off, he quotes scripture to him, and you see um, Satan leave him at that point. But then notice this, immediately after the wilderness, and this is what you see in chapter 4 of Matthew, Jesus came out of the wilderness, and what's it do? He said he began to preach, and what he preached was the kingdom. Hmm. He's hmm. just been tempted to violate what the kingdom is about, but only as he secures what the kingdom is about. Now he can come out and begin to teach the kingdom. Wow. Why? Because he's got it settled inside wow. of himself. Wow. And so now he's ready to go, and he goes out, and the first great sermon that's recorded is the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So what's the purpose of the Sermon on the Mount? It's to tell people, if you're going to follow me, and you're going to enter the kingdom, then there are certain things that you're going to face mm. to be a kingdom citizen. Mm. And I've shown you what they are, and I've showed you how to deal with them. So now let's walk through some of this. Mm. What does it mean to be living the kingdom in your relationship with your enemies, with your neighbor, with yeah. your families, with authorities that are out there, and so mm. forth? Because kingdom life has a totally different set of values than the kingdom of the world sure. is out here. Yeah. And so that's what the Sermon on the Mount really becomes. Mm comes down to as he goes through and walks through that. Mm. Now, read through the prayer and listen to the language. And Jason read it already. Mm. Our Father in heaven. Now remember the baptism of Jesus. Heaven opened up in the voice of the Father. It's recognizing that he's there and it's recognizing where he's sitting. He's in heaven. We're here. And we've got to learn how to relate here to other people and to him. But we relate here based upon his rule up mm. in heaven. Mm. So then he comes down in the mm. second clause. 
he says this, holy is your name. Now, that means a whole lot because the term holy means separate. And the minute we say that God is holy, what we're saying is he is different than what we are. Right. He is separate. And it, his name represents his whole character. So I can't think that God is just a big person with the same attitudes and everything. It says, I've got to keep God distinct from fallen humans. That's good. And I recognize that because that lets me know I've got to be distinct. You know, mm. Matthew says this, you be holy because he's in holy, which mm. means you have to reflect what he's wow. like up there. And then he goes down and says this, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm. Now, at the beginning of every Lord's Prayer, we are asking God to make his kingdom a reality on earth. And that's the heart of it. We're mm. saying, please, let your kingdom come. And what that involves is your will being accomplished. Mm. Kingdom can only take place when people are performing the will of God. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And that's before wow. I ever ask anything. Yeah. The big thing is, God, set yeah. up your reign. You're the king. Yeah. It's your kingdom. I want you to do it on earth. Mm. And it's going to be different. Yeah. Look at the prayer life of Jesus. and I'll say it this way, and I'll use Jesus as a backdrop. The Lord's Prayer is a way in which we recognize the kingship of God, and then we align ourselves to that. Mm. And that's very important, because remember the great prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm. He says, it's not my will. Mm -hmm. Remember, the Lord's Prayer said, your will be done. It's not my will, it's yours be done. So even for Jesus, as a human, and in his humanity, and yet he's divine too, but in his, in his humanity, he constantly has to flip over and align himself wow. in what he's about to face. Yeah. Say, I really don't want to go to the cross, right. but you know, at the end of the day, your will be done, which means only then can the kingdom be established. Right. And so when we play the Lord's Prayer, we're doing exactly what Jesus did, and that is he aligned himself to the will of the Father. Right. Us praying, and it says, Lord, I really don't want to do that. Right. That guy sure. at work really ticks me off. Yeah. But you said I need to love my enemies. Yeah. You need to say I need to do good to them and so forth. That's not what I'm used to. And God says, whose kingdom are you going to live right. in? Right. If you're asking my kingdom, then you have to learn to relate to it, which means right. surrender your will to mine. Yeah, yeah. And that is huge because, look, in the United States, we are so used to a democracy where we get to pick who the ruler is. Mm -hmm. We get to vote. We get to do that. This is not a democracy. Right. It's a monarchy. Yeah, yeah. And all the authority rests in one individual. He doesn't have the Senate and the Supreme Court and the House of Representatives. All the authority is in the king. Right. If I pray this prayer, then there is nothing else to appeal to. Wow, wow. And we in the United wow. States do not understand living under a kingdom. Yeah, that's true. But the kingdom of God is that. Wow. And that's one of our biggest yeah. you know, mind adjustments. So how yeah. do we align ourselves to a monarchy you know, right. at this point as we go through? We talked about this before, too. We do not get the luxury of being our own authority. Oh, yeah. We talked about this a few weeks ago in one of the messages, right? And, and many times that's what in the States we want to do oh, yeah. is I'll read it and I'll agree with it as long as I'm okay with it. But where it really the rubber meets the road is saying, yeah, okay, I, I really don't have any authority over my life. I, I, have, I have nothing. If I can say it this way in the States, it seems so suppressive. Oh, it does. You know, like, yeah. oh, you're, 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 you're telling me this is how I have to live. Okay. You're, no, you have a choice. You have a choice to either align yourself to the kingdom of God and surrender to the will of the yeah. Father or not. 
And be his enemy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And we all know how that goes. You don't have a choice to pick apart the parts of, of living according to the way Jesus said. We don't have that luxury. The only choice we have is, yes, I will follow it, or no, I won't. Sure. And so I think that that's a, that's a thing that is counterculture for us in the States is. is, wow, I, I have to be okay with somebody else calling the shots for my right. life. Well, our history as a country started with rebelling against a monarchy. Yeah, we yeah. threw his tea in the harbor and said, "Forget it. We're not going to do it." And, oh and oh that, no! <laughs> and that same mentality comes over, and you know, yeah. the Bible never represents a democracy. It always mm. represents a kingdom, yeah. the supreme authority, a sovereign. That's over the top of it. Well, then, as you begin to go through the the things in Jason Redham, remember the words: "Give us this day our daily bread." Now, mm. Remember the temptations of Jesus. One of his temptations was. Bread. Now remember what Satan said. You tell the stones to turn into bread. You take care of it. Wow. Yet this prayer says, "Wow, you are my provision. It's yeah. not me taking charge yep. and doing it. It's me recognizing Oof. where I get it from. Wow, where you know." Yeah. And then he goes down. He says, "You know." Then he says, "And forgive us our debts." You know. And he goes on down. And then he is, lead us not into temptation. Now remember when Jesus was on the, the pinnacle of the temple and, and Satan comes, you're so important, jump off and God's going to have to bail you out. What's Jesus' response? Don't tempt God. Hmm. Hmm. Sometimes you don't realize that, oh, this looks like, this would be cool to watch God bail me out. Is that, yeah. No, this is not going to end well. You know, God puts, Don't try this at home. God puts certain laws in effect, and one of them is gravity. You know, you jump off that, you know, you're going to show, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but the whole issue, and Jesus dealt with it, don't tempt God. Mm. And how we tempt God with that second temptation is by thinking we're so important that it's he has to serve us he has to take care of all wow. of our stupid decisions and so forth but really we don't right. he says oh don't lead us into temptation because see when we pray the lord's prayer what we realize is this we as people do not have the strength in ourselves to fight the tempter mm. jesus did mm. we're mm. weak and jesus could stand there and say go away yeah right but how many times we just cave into it and we get one of these situations like this. We have to say, God, help me. Right. Because there's things in me that probably want to do what's wrong. Right. I'm not strong enough to do this. Yeah. I need your help. Yeah. And then the last one down mm -hmm. there, he goes to the end, and it's how he concludes it. Mm -hmm. And it, some of your Bibles will say this was added in different manuscripts, but it's a legitimate part of it. It says, for years is the kingdom now mm -hmm. and the power and the glory forever. Remember mm -hmm. Jesus' last temptation. These are the kingdoms of the world. Wow. And Jesus says, no, yours is the yours kingdom. Is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the yeah. glory. I'm not going to be tempted by what's out there. And so can I say this? That the Lord's Prayer addresses the three temptations of Jesus. The very things that his wilderness, if we pray the Lord's Prayer, it helps us to position ourselves in a way that we can handle those temptations by realizing this. I need the Word of God more than just my desires. Yeah. I need to now keep a proper opinion of myself to ward off the evil one. Right. And I really need to keep the kingdom of God in clear perspective versus the kingdoms that this world wow. has to offer. So it saves us. Jesus is teaching us how to do all of that. And he says, this is how you pray. Do it better than the, the scribes and the Pharisees. This is how you do it. And this is kingdom life. Mm. Well, it's I think it's interesting because... Um, though I, I love what you're saying about the three temptations because I think those are the three temptations that we face. Oh, yeah. 
there's nothing different. Like what you were saying, it's self-reliance. Yeah. It's it's having an, an accurate self-estimation of yourself, humility versus pride, and then positioning yourself saying, do I serve a different kingdom than my kingdom yeah. or the kingdom of the world, right? But really it's yeah, our yeah. kingdom. Am I serving my kingdom? Am I building my kingdom? Or am I building the kingdom of heaven? These are the three things that we face on a daily basis. And I love that what you're saying, that that's how the, the, the Lord's Prayer addresses those three temptations. And it gives, I think, just listening to you, I think it gives really good light. Because I don't know if you've ever, ever asked the question before. I'm like, why were those the three temptations? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like of all the temptations, why did the devil never bring a beautiful woman before right. Jesus? And just, oh, yeah. you know, why? Well, if you think about it, at the root of it, those three things deal with the root of humanity. Exactly right. And we go through the same things. Whatever face temptation has in our day and age and in your world personally, the enemy uses all kinds of faces for it. It's the same three things. And we have, and I love this hearing what you're saying, we have the antidote. We have the weapon to go against that in what God's given us in the Lord's Prayer. Exactly right. Yeah. And we have to see that these three things are like our, our seeds or their roots. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of other things are related to these. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see like they offered in the kingdoms of the world. Well, that's include their splendor, their wealth, and everything else. And Paul told Timothy, says, the love of money, which is materialism, right. is a root. Yeah. It's a root of yeah. all kinds of other, other things. And so self-importance and materialism or even personal desires and everything, those are the three big ones. And then there's all kinds of little adaptations and applications, but right. those are the three. And if we can learn how to handle some of those, yeah. you know, and that gives us a real grip on, on the major ones that are going to throw yeah. us. Throw us in. Mm-hmm. The minute we think we're stronger than the devil and that we got this, mm. we've deceived ourselves. Yeah. Yep. And I, I tell my students at college, the most perfect humans outside of Jesus, the most perfect humans in their innocence couldn't handle the devil. Yeah, wow, wow. And we've got a sinful nature. <laughs> if Adam and Eve couldn't handle the serpent, wow. we can't handle him wow. either. Yeah. And so our prayers have to be, God, yeah. if you don't deliver me, I'll do what I do real well. Right. I'll sin, I'll rebel, yep. and we have to recognize our, our weakness. And so yeah. it just keeps us humble. It yeah. keeps us in a, a good, clear perspective with God, and mm. that's what the prayer is all about. That's awesome. I think I love the, the fact that the, the Lord's Prayer, it really applies to life. Yeah. Um, and I think this is what Jesus even exemplified yeah. in in how it even lays out, you know, through the first few chapters of Matthew, because it's showing this is the way Jesus lived. Yeah. And then he gives us this prayer, which applies to life, you know, and so it's so much more than just a prayer that you pray and, and but it's really powerful and it's it's life changing really in, in the perspective of it. Um, Thank you so much, Dad, for for sharing this. I hope this has challenged you, and I hope this has encouraged you. So let me pray, and then we'll dismiss into conversation about this. And um, I think it's going to be a really special time in the house churches today to really dissect this prayer and really apply it to your life. Um, dig into to where um, where this is a challenge for you. Um, what of these things do you really come up against? Is it hard for you to pray, your will be done, your kingdom come? 
in every area of life, right? So where talk through some of those things. Um, so let me pray for you and then I'll dismiss here. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you for your truth, God, that um, you laid out. And, and I thank you that it's not just words, but they have power. They have true power to them. And God, I pray that this week you would help us to uh, not only just uh, appreciate the Lord's Prayer, but to actually submit to it, to incorporate in something into our lives that, that causes us to live differently, that causes us to live and be on focus and on mission around the kingdom of heaven. Uh, Father, I pray that you would uh, guide us in all of these things. Lord, everything that the Lord's Prayer addresses, Lord, help it to be something that we can connect with this week, Father. Uh, I pray that you would just bless the conversation time in the house churches, um, that they would have a great, great time talking about this. Bless everybody who's watching online. Lord, I pray that this week they would be encouraged and they would be strengthened uh, through your word. And God, keep us uh, continuing to transform into people who seek your kingdom above everything else and live kingdom focused above everything else. Father, we thank you for it. Bless this time. Amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.